From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Children are living in a chaotic world, a pandemic, a war overseas, school shootings running rampant. In light of what happened in Texas, more than ever, parents need to know how to talk to their children about a school tragedy so they feel safe. Dr. B, kids today are particularly sensitive after the whole pandemic restrictions, being isolated, uh, not seeing their friends, uh, not being social with relatives. Uh, tell us about the, the state of mind of children today in this country. Well, the kids are extremely sensitive after the pandemic for a lot of reasons, and their lives have been disrupted, and now they have this. So I think, you know, this is a real issue for the kids at this point. So we're going to talk about this very important subject today, tomorrow, for the next week, for months to come. Joining us now to help us discuss how to talk to your children after a school tragedy is Dr. Chuck Dixon, who is a clinical psychologist in the South Florida area. Chuck, yesterday you told me this is a wake-up call, that we need to have meaningful conversations with our kids. But how? It's not only this conversation, but an ongoing conversation. But let's start with this conversation. We, we all live such busy lives. Our kids are busy. So we need to stop and really give them some time. It's almost like you want to become aware of how they're doing and become aware of how you're doing to start this conversation. Because I think even though you can have all the meaningful desire in the world to have a conversation, to, to slow down enough to communicate is really important. And this is one of those times because not only is it, I want to say cognitively or thinking, but it's emotional. This is a huge hit for everybody. So a lot of times what I think we really need to first show we care, because if you don't show you care, they don't really care about what you have to say. They want to know that you're really there for them. And once you you start to talk to them, you start to enter into conversation. If you want to have great conversations with your kids, you need to model for them listening. You just need to listen a lot of times. You need to pay attention to what they're doing. And, I've, and I find there's an old line, all roads lead to Rome. You might start playing you know, like a younger child. You might start playing with blocks. And all of a sudden, like somebody appears and they get shot. And then you're like, wow, how did the game turn to this? And that's your entry point for entering into this conversation. Maybe a little older kid, they might bring it up directly. Your adolescent might withdraw from you. You know, so it's being so aware of what's going on. I want to bring Dr. B in here. I know you've always been an advocate about teaching parents to talk to kids at their own level. Just as Chuck just brought up, you know, you wouldn't talk to a toddler the way you would talk to a high school right. student. Before you talk to them and, and, and listen, how are you assessing where they're at? How do you do that? How can a parent start noticing behaviors that might be red flags, that something's not right? 
because of all this school tragedy info that's just permeating their brains. First, you know, when I work with the parents is I really want to find out how they're doing, okay, how they're feeling, where they're at, what they're ready to talk to kids about themselves, because this is an extremely distressing you know, event. Everybody has some real emotional issues about it. So I, I talk to the parent, you know, about how they're doing and how they're feeling, okay? And then uh, assess the age of the child. Now, we have to think about where kids are like emotionally and cognitively in terms of what kind of information. So it first starts with mom, you know, and I really spend a lot of time on that. And then as mom gets it together, then she'd be a better listener. Because that's really what Chuck's talking about is, yeah, and you need ongoing. It's not like, okay, all of a sudden we wake up and we're going to talk to our kids about something. No, we've been talking to them and we really want to listen to them where they're at and uh, decide where we're going to go from there. You know, I think yeah. the, the crux of this discussion is yeah. how do we talk children into believing they are safe? Okay. Oh, I think that's huge. So, Daddy, right. I'm scared. There's was tragedy. I watched TV. Right. I saw it. I don't want to go to school tomorrow. Right. How do you handle that? It's a, a younger child. You, you know, they're very physical. So you want to draw them close. You want to hold them. You want to uh, talk to them about what's going on in their world and and really start to get an insight of what's bothering them i think so much of the time we can assume something and we can go off on a tangent where we totally miss what they what's going on so an example would be like well honey what did you what are you thinking or what did you see and she might say oh my god it, it i was watching the tv and there was a somebody was shot and they showed a picture of this child. He looked just like my best friend. It really scared me. And so then you can start reframing it by saying, no, honey, that, you know, your, your friend's fine. And we live hundreds of miles away from this. And your friend is going to be okay. And you can start to talk her through this. And she'll say, no, daddy, no, no, that's not it. But, but she will help you and guide you on what you need to say and how you need to start reframing it, how you need to encourage her to be safe. Doctors, I also want to talk about how you should start in your own home. Show them through example of how you're keeping them safe, number one, in their own environment, their home. Talk to me about that. You know, Linda, I've, I've had this a lot in the practice, Chuck. So have you, you know, that you have little kids, they come in, Mom, Dad, I think there's somebody in my room. Uh, okay. You know, little kid. So, okay, let's go in your room. So you go in their room and uh, you turn on all lights and you go through everything. There's really nobody there and everything's safe. Then the little person says, okay, mom, dad, okay, I see it's okay. And they go back. Now, I think that's really what we need in some form here. You know, that you know, the kids have to feel that we've assessed the situation and it's not like it's happening here. There are risks, you know, and we're concerned, but your place seems pretty safe. You go to every bedroom or you look under the bed and you look calm and you don't look anxious. 
it's more than what you say, it's what you do. So I, I love what Dr. B is saying. What about watching what they're listening to, curtailing their their media exposure? That's huge, isn't it? Oh, oh, Linda, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think we do our kids a total disservice by uh, allowing, I'll call it the TV, almost like this just stream of violent, horrible stuff entering our entering their world, our world. And I think as parents, you know, you really need to think about how much you want to expose your kids to this information. And that's very different than talking about stuff. The, you know, the counter argument is, well, I want my kids to be informed. Yeah, but they're going to absorb that imagery in their head. And depending the younger the age, they're going to create all sorts of fantasies around that. The older kids will push back and get angry. I, I, I think we need to, as parents are on the titrator, allow just little bits of information in and then process it. And they can handle it. I'd bribe my adolescent uh, subscriptions in the New York Times if they can handle it. But we as parents need to be really protective of our that safe space we've created being our homes. And, uh, and that'll make them feel secure. I agree with everything Chuck said. And you know, a lot of it is age specific. They're like, I have teenagers that, hey, maybe we should watch some of the news with them and give Bingo. some of our take, you know, on it. Okay. So the little kids and, you know, they really can't get it for the most part. But if they're older, listening with them, I found to be helpful. What do you think, Chuck, about that? Oh, I, and I and there again, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I know with my kids, uh, something I did, I, I just say this to parents all the time, uh, that I would watch my kids do something. And then I'd always ask them, what do you think? And they would tell me whatever the thing is. And then instead of interrupting them, I would say, would you want to know what dad thinks? And then they and they've always said yes, which is sort of wild. And then we discuss it. I treat them even when they were younger, more adult-like, because I wanted I want them to go that way. And what's worked out fabulous is that now they've gotten older. I have great discussions with them, and we've done this forever. Now we only have two minutes left. I want to get into what should you be watching for? What are the red flags that come up immediately? to alert the parent, hey, I've got to get professional help. I can work on that. And then Dr. Bregman's always great at, at really being the expert. But uh, when they're younger, you want to see the younger bring preschools that they have regressive behaviors. They go, they start bedwetting. They start worrying about monsters. It becomes older, you know, gets worse and worse. Children might in 5 to 11 might be acting out on the playground. They might be uh, seeking more attention than normal. Adolescents just might be, they're sort of, they can be oppositional to begin with, but it, it increases. But I think you want this to, you know, last for a while. It's normal to have this go on. But after about two or three months and you can't get through, and it's not necessarily you need to go immediately to a professional. There's a lot of mentors in their life that might be very helpful, whether a rabbi, a pastor, a coach, could be anybody. And I'm just going to add to this is the following. Chuck and I really believe this, okay? Hey, be honest with your kids. Kids know about you, okay? If you know, you're scared too, tell the kids you're scared. But let's be safe. So be honest with your kids about how you feel as a parent as well. 
I just want to say that unfortunately, we're almost out of time. And this subject deserves so much more discussion that I am going to tell our listeners to anticipate a lot more of this type of advice, because we cannot talk too much to our children. They really need our help now. It's, it's going to be wonderful to have these wonderful doctors to help you on your journey this summer before children have to go back to school. Thank you so much, Dr. Well, Chuck, well, for thank joining you. me. Take hey, care, Dr. B. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.